Welcome to Solving for B, your podcast for all things branding and marketing. In this episode, the Brand Extract team explores the critical role that employees play in developing, representing, and maintaining a company's brand. They delve into how employees can enhance or detract from a brand's identity, how businesses can motivate and encourage employees to become active brand ambassadors, and offer tips and advice for how to manage and inspire employees to participate and shape their company's brand. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Solving for B with Brand Extract. Hi, and welcome to Solving for B. I'm your host, Chris Wilkes, and today we're talking about the important impact employees have on the brands that they work for. And to help me discuss this topic, I'm joined by Managing Director of Brand Experience, Cynthia Stepech. Hey there, Chris. Listen. Uh, Managing Director of Strategy, Charity and Disengay. Hey, Chris. And CEO, Bo Bodie. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys. Thanks for joining today. Um, so I want to start here. Um, recently, we've been hearing clients talk more and more about uh, their employee value proposition. Um, why do we think that is? And do we think that that's important for brands? Yeah, I think um, as we were kind of prepping for this discussion, you know, randomly another client asked, "Hey, you might want to we we might want to consider our employee value proposition next week." Um, you know, brand employee brand purpose driven brands, all of those things have been things we've been talking with clients about for years. Um, the challenge has become, and I think what we're seeing is in the kind of restructuring of things after the pandemic. In the changes that we've seen with technology, you add AI to that, the expectation of working faster, quicker, maybe even the misinterpretation of work harder um, the, is, is kind of coming to a head. And the ubiquity of workers around the world um, is making, making it harder for people to understand and differentiate the brand that they work with along with why should I work for them or with them? And so I think I think what we're starting to see, Chris, is a lot of really interesting dynamics in even clients kind of reconsidering or reimagining their mission, vision, values, the the work that they do with the world, and that all comes from their strategy and them rethinking their strategy. You know, how are we going to get this work done? Who's going to do the work? What tools do we need to use to do the work? And in some cases, what are we? Um, and and so all of that's culminating into a symptom. Um, which is employee value proposition. Um, and it really comes down to being clear on what is your strategy? Who are you trying to to be? And what are you to your customers and to your employees? And then why should I be engaged, all stakeholders um, with this brand, but specifically for this podcast and this discussion, you know, the internal stakeholder, the customer, the, the sorry, the employee um, and prospective employees or as prospective teammates at term always bothered me employee. Um, but, you know, how do we get them to really, how do we inspire belief in our team to advocate for us, to know us and understand us as a company and to go find better people and, and uh, grow our team the right way um, to come in and run alongside of us. And so those are all things that are kind of bouncing around in this crazy topic. Um, and kind of what we've been seeing and, you know, charity brought it up just at this call today, you know, somebody asked about it. And so it's a really, really interesting, um, topic for us to chat about today. Yeah. So 
I want to ask you guys, um, in what ways are employees important to a brand? Well, you know, why are they so important to a brand? That's a, it's a loaded question and we could go in so many different ways, but the reality is, you know, your employees are really your biggest brand ambassador. They are the single biggest ambassador that you will ever have. You know, they're, considered the most significant brand ambassador because they're really the people that engage with your customers the most. You know, we talk about this a lot and I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me say this, uh, but we talk about not managing brands, but managing perceptions and perceptions being formed by interactions. And those interactions are usually with your, with your customers are held with by your employees. You're not going to have the CEO speaking to your customer on a day-to-day basis. You know, it's something that needs to be, it's something that needs to be inculcated within the employees around what our mission is, what our value is, what the culture of the organization is. And that's what forms perceptions. Yep. So it's imperative that they are aligned with the company values, that they're really engaged with the organization because they are forming or helping form those perceptions with our customers. Yeah. And then if you think about it, too, it's like so if your employees are out there talking about your organization, they're resharing content, you know, uh, company uh, content on their social channels or, you know, whatever with peers. It's like it stands out and it increases confidence in that organization. So, you know, they're really acting in the role as brand advocate from the inside out. So that's extremely important as well, because. Uh, when they're dealing with peers or other individuals outside of the organization, uh, the trust level increases when you see that the employees are actually engaging with that branded content and uh, speaking in a positive way about your organization. Yeah, well, and, and acting in a positive way. I think that the, you know, when you look at, you know, Chick-fil-A, my pleasure. Yeah, like when people are well-trained, when they understand the brand, when they understand the value of the brand to them and the value that they provide the brand, you know, those two things, being able to connect those things can, you know, inspire a belief to a point that others around them in the periphery start to get it. So just because they share something cool that their company has done, but then they advocate for it, but then they wear the t-shirt, but then they, you know, you kind of, the depth at which, the the internal stakeholder advocates is also critical than just the just the advocacy right you know uh, it, just being able to gauge that buy-in um, and we see it in all kinds of brands you know that that people kind of buy into and they they become leadership brands and they become you know brands that that people are understand the purpose and they're aligned with and so man how do you do that? Because we've seen value of organization go up, value of product go up, willing to pay more price, willing to be more loyal. You know, those things, B2B or B2C, you know, are are critical in today's economy um, and in kind of the way the world's working. And even employee culture has changed, you know, where power sits, those kinds of things. Um, the voice that that a teammate or somebody within an organization has is so much greater now. Um, than it has been, that that's impacting a lot of what we're seeing as well. So Bill mentioned two things there that are pretty critical. You know, we spoke about the the customer uh, engagement and the experience hitting the road when you you deal with someone on a day-to-day basis. And then the second thing, the other thing that he spoke about was loyalty. And then the last thing he spoke about was revenue. So around loyalty, a lot of companies, well, back in the day where manufacturing was key, 
everyone would say, I've got a really brilliant product. My I'm the most innovative company. My products are bar none. The reality is brand loyalty isn't built by a great product, right? right? It's built by experience. Again, mm-hmm. so 96% of loyalty comes from customer experience. That's where it comes from. It's not just that there's a great product. I could love Apple to bits, but if their service and after sales service is shoddy, that's the last time I'm buying an Apple product. But then the thing that really has gotten a lot of CEOs and CFOs and growth officers perking up is the revenue conversation. Mm-hmm. The reality is that 84% of companies um, that have worked to improve their customer experience see more revenue. And the size of revenue that you see is about 5.7 to six times larger than their competitors. So it's absolutely imperative. It's not just an airy fairy thing. It it really mm-hmm. hits your bottom line. Yeah. And and something stands out to me here, something occurs to me here. Um it, the your employees in in a way and I I'd like to get your thoughts on this, but for me I'm interpreting this as your employees kind of embody and and carry out your brand. Charity, you talked about the perception, you know, like we manage perceptions. Um, you know, like if you're dealing with a customer service rep or you're dealing with, if you're a service provider and this person is actually, you know, providing whatever service, whether it's consulting or whatever it might be, um, the way that they do that, the way that they speak, the way that they communicate, I mean, is that the brand? I mean, do you guys agree that, that the employees are the ones that more often than not are the ones that are carrying out the brand? Hundred percent. They're the embodiment of your values. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Cynthia. I was going to say, like, dis, a disengaged workforce, or they just, you know, kind of disenchanted with the brand of the organization they work with, or they're just not engaged at all in any way whatsoever. You're going to feel that as a customer. So it's a phone call to a company X to ask for customer service or help with something or walking through the door to a certain organization, uh, company. Uh, and you know, it's like, it's a way they greet you at the door. If it's like, it's lackluster, it's a presentation, it's the, you know, dirty uniforms, you know, all those things, it starts to kind of rub off and it's your perception of the brand. You know, it's like, if they don't care, then does the brand really care about what they're offering or selling? So, you know, it's, it's all tied in together. And in turn, do I care, right? In turn, do I care. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. The example that you gave earlier of Chick-fil-A, we all know what Chick-fil-A stands for and what the brand values are, but it is embodied in every single person. This is why I love Chick-fil-A. Never mind. (laughs) But the customer service is the embodiment of the organizational values. The fact that they're closed on a Sunday and that they treat them is part of the employee value proposition, to be honest, that the, organization behaves in a way that reinforces its values and therefore when you are paying for your spicy chick-fil-a sandwich and the person says thank you have a great day and gives you a cookie for free or pays for your meal because you forgot your card at home that's the element of the organizational's values yeah i mean empowerment um training Mm -hmm. clarity transparency i mean all of those things go into it and then you add to this, I think the dynamic that people are missing, and I, you know, I've been doing little videos and talking about this for a couple of years now. You know, I, I've I've couched it as the commoditization of everything. That's probably not the right term, but the ubiquity. The you know, I used to joke about you know, if you're a ball bearing company, the only thing that matters is round, small, and on time, right? It, <laughs> as long as those things, those bad that quarter inch ball bearing is smooth and round, and the price is right, 
I want it, but getting it to me on time when I need it, reliability of delivery, all of those things go into my perception of that seemingly anything I can get anywhere product. And as the world's gotten bigger, the, the, the Amazon effect, right? I can get anything at my door tomorrow at five, five, if not by 8 AM, if I'm a prime member, right? Like every product's the same. I mean, at that in, in, in the mind of the consumer, the products just start to become so sameness, but quality does it fall apart is it delivered on time are the partners that I, that have delivered it delivering it in a way that mm-hmm. the all of that stuff to Cynthia's point all of those things go into the emotional piece of the brand what makes it different then if the ball bearings are all round and smooth what makes me pay a penny more for Johnny's ball bearing as opposed to Tim's ball bearing it's the service and the quality and the expectation that I have. You know, those are the things that I I think companies, it's going to get even crazier, you know, and you bring this back to employee brand, you know, people being able to deliver on the promises that the company is making is going to be paramount when I can get 500 of the same thing from anywhere in the world tomorrow, you know? And so how do we make that, whether that's a valve, a million dollar valve, or a one cent ball bearing, you know, th- those are the things, especially in B2B that are going to become more important. And I was going to say, you know, especially like in uh, working for organizations where it's like customer face that person to person, face to face interactions, like thinking about like um, hotels, you know, or anything where it's like you're walking into the building or experience. And it's like, that is the brand. It's like it's talking to the person. It's engaging with them. It's them making sure they're answering their questions. There's So there's nothing to hide behind. So even with that, even more important that it's like they fit, um, they believe in the brand, they understand what they stand for, and that it's like clearly communicated, just demonstrated by that kind of daily interaction with customers. So, you know, that alignment they can't, you can't miss mess up on that because it's just so obvious in your face. Right. So, so is it a fair statement to say that your employees are kind of the, the biggest asset of your brand? Absolutely. They, it's, so organizations exist and you need people to help them be living, breathing things that people engage with. I would, I don't know. I, I see Bo's like ready to answer <laughs> and say something else. And I know a lot of it too. Though, like I mean, we're all kind of all over systems this. Systems and platforms <laughs> and technology, but you know, in the end there, there's that human element that I think will always be there. 100%. Yep. And back to the brand, if everybody understands the promise that the organization is making to both the the internal stakeholder and and teammate and to the customer and to the market and to the shareholder and to the leadership and to the environmental partner and to the community partner. If all of that's charity talked a lot about this the other day when we were talking about if all of that's aligned and to Cynthia's point, if everybody's got a clean uniform and it all makes sense, it all delivers the way it's supposed to deliver and people are trained the right way, that everything moves smoother, everything moves quicker Everything, and I think in in the new economy, right, where people, where we're bending the robots to our will and, and internal stakeholders are using tools and technologies 
to help them do what they do best faster and create and make the things that they need to make better, faster, quicker for the, the impatient consumer that needs something and the pace of industry, man, if that's all moving right and the people buy in and they're able to when, when interacting with the consumer or when interacting in those places where it matters and filling the white space, you know, and it's all aligned, the uniforms clean, everything makes sense. All the colors make sense. All the words make sense. The product delivers what it's supposed to be. And it's coming off that conveyor belt really fast. And they interact with somebody in customer service or a problem is taken care of or a something to charity's point, the proceed, because the cost of making things is going to diminish the, you don't want your pricing to diminish. You want it to increase so that you can do more stuff better, faster for your customer, not so that you can just make more profit. And I think that that's something that, that brands are going to need to reconcile, um, pay their people more so they can, they will provide a better product and service so that they are rested, well-fed, well-taken care of, so that they can produce the perceived value, or not really perceived, the actual value, which is this thing's delivered on time, quickly, better every time. You know, how do you kind of reconcile that with those key stakeholders? Not just the message and the story, but the whole system aligns with the brand promise that you're making to your customer. So let's take a turn to negative town. Um, <laughs> let's say you don't have, yeah, let's say you don't have all this aligned, right? You, your, your employees are maybe a little unclear about what your brand proposition is about. What are some of the dangers of not, you know, like not having your, your employees aligned behind your brand and, and carrying out your brand in, in a consistent and, you know, um, I guess effective manner. Yeah. I was going to say that come a lot. So brand extracts, we say that we want to inspire belief in organizations and people, uh, in everything, brands, you name it. So, um, but you know, if you have, uh, and I think also that people want to work for organizations they believe in and that they trust. Uh, the problem with misalignment between the brand and the employee experience and how they're performing their work is um, beyond dangerous because, you know, um, the advertising and the marketing can say all at once about how awesome a product or a service or something might be. But you know, if your um, impression of that is based off of, you know, some poor, uh, you know, uh, experiences with customer service, for example, you go to the airport, you get in front of the desk and they're disheveled looking and they're not upset and they're in a bad mood and they don't respond to your questions and they really don't care, you know, whomever it is, it's like you're going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. So that's a danger. It's like they are chipping away at your brand. Or if the organization's not taking care of, you know, um, handling employee perception of the brand or educating them on the brand, then it's like you're damaging the organization as a whole. So The value, right? Yeah. Yeah, the value of it is just eroding left and right. Yeah. It's also your most engaged employees – people that are aligned with a really strong EBP are the most productive employees that you have, mm -hmm. right? So one, it affects your productivity if they're not engaged. It affects your company culture. We all know how important company culture is. For the last 
two years at least, we've been talking about this is an employee market, right? They're determining where they want to work and the quality of the places that they want to work. It's not just about giving them a paycheck. It's about the quality of the environment that I get to work in. Um, Are our values aligned? Am I um, in an environment that will grow me? that I think from a personal perspective, which is what Bo was talking around, brand, brands with purpose, am I aligned from a purpose perspective? If you don't have an EVP, an employee value proposition that they're aligned with, it's not going to be a good workplace. And therefore, what you end up doing is that you start losing people, mm-hmm. right? And what does that do? There's a cost in, in trying to recruit new people. And it's not just a financial cost. There's yeah. a cost in there isn't a consistency in your brand because you have, you've got a bunch of new people that aren't aligned or don't know what your brand is yet. It'll take a time. It'll take time for them to ramp up and get to where they should be. So in that time, it really leaves your customers with erratic or non-consistent mm-hmm. uh, service. It's, it's a cost, not just financially. It really impacts your customers at the end of the day, because you don't have trained really good employees that are aware of your brand that are aligned with your brand that speak to your brand values. Yeah. I mean, it's at its simplest. If your internal team is not aligned and to charity's point, alignment is training and alignment is understanding and alignment is depth. And eventually to to Cynthia's point, belief in the organization, what it stands for, what we're delivering, all those kinds of things. It just puts a drag on the company. Um, The organization, at the least, it it makes you a little less efficient, a little bit questioned as to by the consumer or or the person or th- you know external person that's considering coming onto the organization. At the worst, to Charity's point, you're almost the customers are almost allergic to you um, because the noise and sentiment they can't even see they've blocked you out. You know, I, mean, I wouldn't say cancel because I hate that term, but you know, there's a point where, where because you've had so many bad experiences, so many people have had so many bad experiences and the employees inside either they may care, but they may not know how to care the right way. And it, it's so consistent or even inconsistent. It just almost repels you from the product. And again, in a marketplace like today where things are fast and, and I have so many options you know, that the slow death that 20 years ago, a company would have ridden down becomes in the next year. You know, I I think the danger that I think that leaders really need to look at this and think about this harder because things are happening so much faster than they used to. You could be give horrible customer service and live for 10 years and still make some profit today. You may not make it through the year. And I'm, I'm talking big, giant companies, and we've seen it happen, right, where, where a company has broken trust and very quickly you're like, where did that multi-billion dollar company go? And they're absorbed into something else or they're moving. That's going to happen faster, almost to a point where they can't be absorbed. So I not to to your point of going dark here, Chris, and going really you – know, <laughs> We're dark. We're dark. Hey, negative town, man. We're in negative town. Well, if you can't – again – it's imperative. And I think that that's one of the challenges that we're seeing is the speed at which we need to learn to produce for our customer. And this is internally for them. 
the speed at which they're expecting things because they see how fast they need to fix change and do because they see the negative so fast is not something that we're all used to. And it's not something that you're an organization internally is used to training fast, spending the money, getting people up to speed, paying them well, all those kinds of things, you know, not all industries, not all companies. It's just in general, a generality here. If those things aren't taken care of, they can be really detrimental really fast compared to what happened, what, what it was 10, 20 years ago when we all learned how to run businesses. Um, so I think that's a consideration. It, the speed at which things are failing and the speed at which promises are being made and having to be delivered um, is a dynamic that puts the, the employee and the business leader in a really kind of interesting situation. You know, think about Chick-fil-A, right? Now I've got four lanes that I've expanded all my things and they've got to deliver on that same kind of promise. And the person that runs the food out to you and hands it to you in the car to the person that, that, you know, to the online experience of ordering it. Right. And man, that's a super dynamic kind of thing to try and train, manage and work, you know, work with. And the complexity of that is so much. And I think that, Brands need to start to understand the complexity that their people are working in a lot more um, because it is a lot more complex today. And we all need to get better at explaining that complexity. I don't think anyone is better poised to explain that complexity or take that complexity to their advantage than employees because they really True. are the people that are dealing with customers on a day to day basis. Yep. So they're probably in the best place if they are, feel valued and they feel engaged to bring about the most innovative and creative ideas when it comes down to solving issues because they're seeing it and having those conversations one-on-one in real time. So really not having them engaged, you lose that innovation. But also the other thing that Bo was talking about is how quickly information goes around. And more and more as we're looking at building brand strategies and building marketing plans for our customers, one of the things that we're really wanting to look at and customers are really asking for is, can you look at what the glass doors of the world bring about me, right? Mm-hmm. So those type of sites. And the reason why that's important is what's the first thing any person who's researching a company that they want to join look at? They look at those review sites. If your if your employees are giving you bad reviews, in all likelihood, real talented employees or potential employees will not want to join your organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's fun. Interesting. You're talking about like employees can be, you know, on the front lines or talking to customers. Um, in that way, I feel like they shape. You know, your employees can shape your brand. Right. They can be. It's you know, it, it, you we think of of business decisions and things like that typically coming kind of from the top down. But I think if everybody's aligned and there's, um, I'm going to use Cynthia's favorite word, synergy, um, if, if everybody's aligned <laughs> and, and pulling in the right direction, you yeah. know, that that innovation, that shaping of the brand can really come from the, the um, you know, the frontline employees. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Sin? I, I was going to go, <laughs> synergies. Oh, <yeah. laughs> um, I was going to go back to, the dark place. Um, <laughs> as a Capricorn, I can't help but want to go back there. Um, but, you know, going back to misalignment, and I think my my 
just the worst, uh, you know, symptom of that is like uh, losing employees, high employee turnover, uh, loss of um, historic knowledge. And, you know, you think about um, when organizations are misaligned, there's a, if there is like a negative sentiment, people are leaving, just bad performance. You always have inside organizations like, um, high performers and those high performers are in there. It might be the ones who just like pushing through to make things happen, you know, and you could have like, you know, the um, management within the company or executive leadership saying, we're still making it through. We've lost people, you know, but at a certain point, even that high performers, you know, can't keep everything, all the, plates and everything up in the air, right? And that's the important thing, too, with, I think, looking not just outside the organization, but really looking inside to see what's happening culturally and emotionally with your people. Because, again, back to what Bo was saying earlier, it's like you want to make sure that folks have the right um, environment. They get paid the right amount. They're, they have the ability to take time off. And it's a healthy work environment. It's a place they believe in. Because, you know, when you start losing people, it starts chipping away at that workforce and that knowledge, then that's that's a major problem, too. Yeah. I, gonna- I think, one, I think to that point, Cynthia, um, having, being a place that you know, is, is it's, it's hard. I guess it's hard to stop that kind of negative momentum whenever, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you don't have these things squared away, if you're not yeah. thinking about these sorts exactly. of things, once that ball gets kind of rolling to your point, you know, you can potentially have some, some folks who are really aligned with the brand and believe in it, but they just get, you know, they, they, you know, because of, of other things happening and, and maybe other folks not being totally aligned, right. um, it, it kind of, they have to bear some of that weight and then it, it starts to disrupt culture, starts to Absolutely. disrupt you know, retention. Um, it starts to disrupt the way that folks interact with clients and customers. And yeah. so it bleeds it. So it, it really is kind of like all connected. Um, yeah. And I think it, it underscores the importance of, of having, you know, your employees, you know, you know aligned and engaged and, and, and believing in the brand. Yeah. And back to the whole thing with EVP. So it's like, you know, organization might say organization X says we have a brand, we have mission, vision, values, we have all that, but are you engaging and communicating that to your employees in such a way that it resonates and it makes sense to them so they can then go outside the organization or continue to act and provide a service that aligns with those higher level corporate brand values, mission and everything else. So, yeah. And I would go a step further to say, not just are you communicating it, are you showcasing it? Yeah. If you need to talk about having a culture of celebration, then celebrate your people. Mm-hmm. You know, celebrate yeah. them. It's about actually showcasing it, not just having the words on a website. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and beyond yeah. show, I mean, when, and I think we've talked about this, but, you know, ingraining those values, ingraining that mission, ingraining the hiring qualities mm-hmm. in the interview process, in the onboarding process, in the review process over time, into, yeah. the, into the employee ratings and, and saying hi to people. And, you know, like our thing, the 15-5 deal where we give people high fives, those high fives are based on are the big heads that we give, a big out award, right? You know, those are things that we give based on values, you know, and sometimes they just click, Oh, they did all the values, you know, but sometimes people are really thought, but they at least see them 
And sometimes people are really thoughtful to say, you know, be curious is a value of ours. Okay, well, you know, this person asked the right questions at the right time. They just didn't keep asking questions. So that and that talking about those things to Charity's point as part of the culture all the time to Cynthia's point, seeing the artifacts and having them all around. Both of y'all talked about that. You know, those are the kind of things that it's not just a poster. Then all of a sudden the poster on the wall isn't just a poster on the wall, right? It's how we live, act, and how we expect to be treated as well. And I think that those are things that leadership then needs to ingrain in the things they talk about, show and espouse um, in the way they act and and react to things. Because that's the other thing to talk about on the internal branding part is like, how does an organization react to you re, you react to bad medicine, you respond to good. You know, how do how do how does an organization react and respond to things that happen in a way that are true to their internal brand and their values? And that takes training and that takes effort and that takes all the time and everybody living it, you know, to make it consistent. Right. So yeah. what um, go ahead, Cherry. I mean it's it's a shameless plug. Not really a plug, but I'm really proud of the way that we at Brand Extract actually include cultural interviews when we're interviewing people. And I can guarantee you, because we've we've been going through a bit of a hiring streak lately, by and large, every single person that I speak to and I talk to them about the cultural um, the cultural interview and why it's important and why we do it and why we have a lengthy hiring process and how important our values are ensuring that they're in the right place and have the same values or espouse to the same values. Every single person turns around and says they absolutely love that because that is part of your EVP. The reality is you want to be in a place that feels like you are part of something, you know, and part of a set of values. Yeah. And I think the thing there, Charity, is the other side of it is, you know, and that the purpose of that interview initially and still is, was they get to choose to be a part of, they get to see the culture that they're choosing to be a part of. And I think that that's, I think that's critical and people forget this, especially in any kind of EBP exercise or mission, vision, values, and internal. Like we want, we don't just want people to do something. We want people that want to do it with us, you know? And I think that every company wants that, but they may not build those things into the process to make sure that the external person feels like they're choosing to be there. I mean, there obviously are. And to your point, Charity, uh, you know, people have a lot more power in within the organizations they work for and in choosing who they work for. Man, be be an employer of choice, right? Be a, be a culture of choice, but make sure, and I think that's the key to those kinds of interviews, they, they get to opt in. We want them to opt into our culture and so, so we have to signal it in the interview process. And part of signaling it is introducing it to our, introducing them to a greater portion of our people. Um, Cause those are the people that are living it and doing it every day. Right. I think there, I think you're right, Charity. It's just getting that into the whole process, you know, internal, external, all that kind of stuff kind of allows you to get on top of just the training and getting on the right person that can be trained the right way to do do it the way that we need to do it um, to live our culture or then an organization to live their culture. I mean, again, branding, not, it's not as simple as here's a poster, here's a word, right? Here are the right colors. It's all consistent. Yeah. It, it goes into operational parts of the, 
you know, the how you hire, the who you hire, the how you manage, the who you manage, and the how you review and and look at, and and how you hold people accountable to the things you believe. Yeah, and so it's a good segue into kind of one of the last things I want to talk about. Uh, we talked about like the the risks of not having this sorted out. We talked about the benefits of having it sorted out. Um, how do you get this right if you're if you're a leader? Uh, in an organization and you're trying to, you know, either correct something or you're starting from a new and you're like, Hey, you know what? I, I really want to make sure that, you know, our EVP is, um, is, is squared away and that we are, um, taking care of our employees so they can then take care of our customers and evangelize and all that sort of thing. How do you do that? What are some of the tips or advice you'd give to, to someone trying to, to make that, that work? For me, it's realizing that your internal stakeholder is just as important a stakeholder as your external stakeholder. Mm -hmm. If you are looking at writing a brand strategy, a marketing strategy, communication strategy, whatever it is, if your internal stakeholder is not part of your part of your target audience, there's a problem right there. Yeah, I was. I, I love that you brought up my favorite target audience. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, hey. We go back to the whole thing, really trying to like, who are we talking to? Um, you know, and it's like looking inward in that respect, you know, looking at your internal audience is huge, especially when you're working on your EVP. I think we always talk about developing experiences um, that uh, have empathy for the end user or that persona, that uh, individual representative figure type. Uh, but, you know, developing empathy for your employees is big, you know. So whenever we develop brands and, you know, we put together all the messaging and everything else, it's like we look inward too and work with our clients to make sure that we transfer um, that brand over to this internal audience. So it's something that we intentionally look at every time we develop a brand. And, you know, there are times where uh, we're a bit more focused uh, on that type of um, engagement where it really is hyper-focused on the employee experience. Yeah. I mean, so beyond, uh, beyond consi just considering your internal audience, you know, beyond the experience that they have with, your company and your organization and with the customers you choose to work with. Cause that's also, you know, we, we in the service business that impacts it too. Um, then there's the consistency, you know, the consistency of training, the consist consistency of conversations um, and the consistency of leadership, I think is a critical component to that. You know, it, it's one thing we see it all the time, right? New brand is about to be launched leadership videos, CEO, we introduce the CFO, we introduce the CEO, we get them all out there, they get all involved, they go do, you know, road shows and they meet everybody and then nobody sees them again, you know, cause they're off talking to the street yeah. that, that can work. But again, in this economy and in this environment and in the great restructuring of everything, culture, economy, you know, community, I, I I would I would that consistency of leadership and the consistency of message and story um and the experience you know and you know and the consideration um is gonna go a long way to to taking away the headwinds 
then getting the wind behind your sails and moving forward. I mean, I think that those are the things that I think that that, if I could say one thing, you know, as we've kind of talked about this, it's, it's consistency, not of just message and posters and colors and, and sayings and slogans, but it's consistency of leadership and the team talking about adjusting, reviewing, looking at, looking at and sharing the right types of experiences um, so that everybody kind of can reset regularly on what's going on and they're, they're reminded regularly what are we trying to achieve? Where are we trying to go? How are we going to do it? Um, which is really what the internal brand is, right? My understanding of the vision of the organization, my internalization of that and buying into it, and then my externalization of of that vision um, in a way that's con- that that works with the values that we espouse to share, not just with each other internally, but externally to our you know external stakeholders as well, our customers and 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 prospective employees and shareholders. Um, those are all, I think that consistency of leadership and consistency of message and story and consistency of transparency is a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns into, to charity's point, a consideration of some sort of plan built into everything we're going to communicate about. And to, to Cynthia's point, the consideration of the experience, how I feel when I walk in the door, when I see things, when I interact with somebody, um, that, that man, that's a lot more complicated for a company that's making ball bearings, but it's it's got to be a part of it, right? Um, because it's not just about the ball bearing anymore. Because there's so many people that sell the ball bearing. Yeah. Well, well, guys, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, I, as always, this is really insightful. I really appreciate the time. So thank you for sharing your your time as well as your your knowledge. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks again. It was fun. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. We ended on ball bearings. <laughs> That's it for another edition of Solving for B. Did you enjoy the episode? Then check out more content on all things branding and marketing by visiting brandextract.com. Be sure to also follow us on our social channels like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and even Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to Solving for B. 